0: Staff grab podcast it's a fellas episode today uh it's just me and johnny lazarus from a million different places obviously the hockey news uh the ranger site but you know nhl network uh or nhl nhl.com just a million different places bleacher report you know being being and also from being handsome it's johnny how you doing pal? I,
1: i'm great i try to to do as much as i can but uh you know appreciate the introduction and happy to uh be a part of this fellas episode or uh
0: whatever we're gonna call it Exactly. Look, it's just it's renaissance, man. That's that's yeah. what uh that's what we're doing. Like to stay busy. Um so Johnny, obviously you're a big you're a big Rangers guy. You're on the Rangers site for the, the hockey news and you are, you know, you're on the beat there, you've been a camp. Um so we're and because the Rangers are in the Metro Division and you see a lot of Metro opponents, we're gonna go through uh, you know, the Metro Division uh, you know, preview for this season. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna break down every team. Um so let's get started alphabetically. Of course, uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes, um, a team that added a ton of guys, uh, you know, a team that needs to get over the hump. You know, add Michael Bunting, Dmitri Orlov, uh, you know, re-signing Ranta and, and Anderson, uh, re-signing Jesper Fast. They they were rumored to 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 be in the mix for Tarasenko at one point, and then that seemed to to you know to get out of here. What do we think of Carolina moving forward here? Can they get over the hump this season? I don't think they'll win the Stanley Cup.
1: But I do think they'll win the Metropolitan Division again because they are coached so well. They are built so well. They have a great structure throughout their entire lineup. But for whatever reason, that postseason success just hasn't seemed to work out. And I don't know what it is about them because, like I said, Rod Brenoir, you know, I think in my opinion, probably most people's opinion, it's not me reinventing the wheel here, is probably the best coach in the NHL. You know, I, I would think most people agree with that. Uh, but you know for whatever reason, this team can't seem to figure it out in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, he had that quote last year that came out about not getting swept and whatnot, and you know, everyone made fun of him for it. But I kind of agreed, like, that could have easily mm-hmm. been a four-nothing Carolina series. So, this team will be good, they will be a very tough team to play against in the regular season, but I don't see them having a ton of playoff success. But with that said, I will predict them to win the Metropolitan Division again. Why do you think they won't have a ton of playoff success? For... So many different reasons of fact, but like the the, uh, like the thing that they keeps coming back to, and I definitely worded that so wrong. I had just like a, a word fart there, but um, the game breakers, right? We talk mm-hmm. about Aho, we talk about Sveshnikov, we talk about Jacob Slavin on the back end, who is probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL, but they don't have the guy who's going to take over. And I think, you know, there is always a debate if Aho is a superstar in the NHL. He's a very good player, a very elite player but I wouldn't call him a superstar. Svechnikam mm-hmm. is the closest thing to a superstar on that team. He gets hurt last year. That's obviously a huge loss for them, and things could have been different had they been fully healthy last year. Slavin went down, I believe, in game three or game four against Florida. Um, things just didn't go their way for whatever reason. And, you know, when you look at playoff teams that have had success, star players emerge, right, like Jack Eichel this year. Phenomenal. Yeah. And Carolina hasn't had that star player emerge yet, and I don't think they will again this year, and that's why I would say they won't have playoff
0: success. Yeah, I mean, they don't have the, the you, you, game breakers is a good, good job. Yeah. I don't think they have the nuclear weapon, you know? Yeah. Like every team seemed, every contender seems to have a nuke that they can just drop on their opponent, you know, Matthew DeChuck, uh, uh, even like a boss for the Boston Marines, like a David Posternock, you mm-hmm. know, Leafs and Austin Matthews. They don't have that guy. It, it was Jordan more, Martinuk for them for a bit. Like, yeah, yeah, no, he was, yeah. dude, Jordan Martinuk was getting like legitimate, like, like con Smythe conversation. Mm-hmm. And think put well, up
1: ten points in like four games against the Devils in the second round. exactly.
0: It was crazy, and he was uh, he was like pointless uh, from there. It was it was it was nuts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and also, look, it's the same thing every year. It's the goaltending. Yeah, they ran back two two veterans who have proven in their in both of their two years in in Carolina. They get hurt at like the worst possible times. I don't mm-hmm. know if they can if they can stand like. Do are do you expect Antti Ranta or Frederick Anderson to be healthy like?
1: I mean, history I has told us that probably not. Yeah, uh, but I, I do think
0: they're a strong duo when they're healthy. But that's a big question: is if they're healthy. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So, but you do pick them to win to yeah. win the Metro here, okay? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite adi- like sort of move that they made by the way? Just like doesn't have to be you know a new guy could be a re-signing. What's your favorite move from them from them the, uh, this offseason? season?
1: Um, I mean, I think Dimitri Orlov is certainly one that could be talked about more than Bunting. But Bunting is uh, – can I curse on here? Uh, go for it. He's a f***er, and yeah. I love that. So uh, Bunting is a guy that I'm really excited to watch on Carolina because we watched that Carolina-Florida series, and after every whistle, Florida seemed to be bullying the Hurricanes, and no one was stepping up to them. Sam Bennett especially and Matthew Kuchuk were just stirring the shit up, and the Carolina Hurricanes had no answer for it. So getting a guy like Bunting that can maybe get under the skin of the opponent, whereas they haven't had anyone do that in previous years – could be big for them. So I'm excited to see Michael Bunting
0: kind of give them a more, you know, like f- you attitude because I think Carolina needs, needs that a little bit. And I think here, uh, my, my guess, just by covering Bunting in Toronto, especially all the stuff that happened last year with him, mm-hmm. uh, like with, with the rest, I guarantee you that reputation will go away immediately. When he, now yeah. he's in Carolina. He's not a Leaf anymore. He'll be Rod Brendan Moore will uh,
1: tighten that up pretty quickly, I think.
0: Yeah. I, I, but I also just think like the rest the Leafs bias has gone there. Like they're mm-hmm. like, he's just another player now and they'll be fine mm-hmm. with it. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, All right. Columbus. Look, we already, we've talked a ton uh, or at least, you know, everyone has talked a ton about the uh, Mike <laughs> yeah. Babcock situation. It's being beaten to death. We're not going to beat the dead horse. He's a, you know, he's a dork. He's out of the league forever. See like pack watch. See you later. Um, So let's talk about Columbus from an actual hockey perspective here. Um, A team that, Listen, as much as they weren't necessarily expected to contend last year, I don't think um, they were not expected to be like the second worst team in the NHL injuries hit them, you know, coaching didn't seem to be, to be, you know, upright there, but, and, and everyone sort of underachieved, but Columbus made a ton of moves, you know, obviously Damon, the signing tree for Damon Severson, Ivan Provorov, uh, you know, they, they re-signed a bunch of dudes, obviously Adam Fantilli's getting in the mix here Um Some interesting moves here. What do we think of this new sort of version of Columbus, uh, I guess now led by Pascal Vincent?
1: I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. I know some people might consider them to be like a sleeper team that can compete, Um, but they're definitely going to take a step in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited to watch Adam Fantilli, especially. I think it's clear the uh, Calder race is between Bedard, Fantilli, and in my opinion, Devin Levi. I don't know if anyone else feels differently um Devin Levi is actually like probably going to be my pick to win the Calder oh, but damn, that's a bold
0: move that's a bold pick right there
1: definitely a bold pick but Fantilli is interesting right and I've talked about it a lot with Greg Washinsky from ESPN Fantilli is probably the first ever draft pick for the Columbus Blue Jackets that brings his own sort of swagger to the team um, Fantilli is a guy who carries himself very well He's very, very cool on and off the ice, right? He's got a little bit of that, uh, you know, FU to his game. He's got a lot of skill to his game, and he's got a lot of the off-ice swagger. Like, you'll see him probably at Ohio State football games, even though he's a Michigan guy. He's a guy that's going to embrace the city of Columbus, and I don't think they've had that organically ever in the history of their franchise. So it's going to be very interesting to see just his overall aura. And obviously, you know, the Babcock stuff is now behind them. And if anything, I think it's going to make this team bond even more.
0: Mm -hmm. They've Uh, already said that. Yeah.
1: And when you you see, like, the fans, like, you know, Columbus is a place that people, like, seem to love playing for. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've talked to Brandon Dubinsky on my show, The Blue Crew, and and he loved playing Columbus. He actually still lives there. Uh, It's certainly an underrated sports city or sports town. And, you know, I think this team could be good. But I don't think they'll make the playoffs, and and I think in my prediction that I have them finishing seventh. But I've actually gone back. I've you know I've done a lot of the metropolitan division predictions yeah. um, over the was. summer and whatnot. But I think I'm putting them at sixth. Uh, you know, if you asked me like a month ago, I would have said seventh. But
0: how everything's transpired over the past week or so, I'm staying sixth. That's bold. That's bold. What was your favorite move from them? I mean, obviously, like they they've made a couple. They re-signed a bunch, and you can't. I mean, look. You can't, you can't say drafting out of Fantilli. Everyone yeah. knows that's like the main one. But what was your favorite sort of pickup from them
1: the so It's not going to be a pickup, and this could be like a loophole of the question, but it's going to be right. a, healthy, a healthy Zach Ravinsky. um yeah. Yeah. You know, I think he's one of the best defensemen in the league, probably, you know, top 15. I don't think that's a stretch. Um, and, you know, obviously he's faced some injury battles the last couple of years and, and whatnot. And having him come back being fully healthy is going to be huge, I think, for their power play and just overall for their even strength play and, and even their locker room in
0: general. Yeah, I mean, getting him back, just everyone. Like they lost everyone. They had an entire roster last year. They, it was it was crazy. Like they came mm-hmm. they came through Toronto through the end of the season, and I think the Leafs beat them like seven nothing or seven one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just looking at that, at like the guys who had just somehow managed to stay healthy, like what the just all the talent stripped off the roster, it was brutal. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, good for good for them, man. I think they'll they'll take a step. You have Johnny Goudreau, you know, still there. Patrick Line is still there. Um, you know, they seem to, like you said, they seem to be sort of galvanized by, by, you know, the whole sticking together thing during the Babcock saga, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next team, New Jersey Devils. We're getting, we're getting into your home state or yeah, we'll find close, at least um, the New Jersey Devils. I mean, look, in, in my opinion, this team had, if not the best off season, like top three, like re, ma, managing to re-sign Timo Meyer to max term under nine million a year is phenomenal getting you know being able to re-sign yes for uh to uh to almost max term for under eight million phenomenal um getting tyler to foley you know mm-hmm. a, a guy who was like a point per game player on a terrible hockey team last year who's only making you know a smidge above four million phenomenal you know like uh, there's just getting being able to sign uh guys to getting a full season of luke hughes phenomenal. It just seems like everything is going going right for this team. Um they're gonna resign Lindy Ruff, it, it seems. The Devils could they I mean you I know you already picked the uh, the Hurricanes to win the metro, but the Devils seem like a team that is nipping at the heels.
1: Yeah they're the sexy pick, right? Yeah. Uh you know and this is something I've debated a lot and it's probably one of my you know more fun conversations to have mm-hmm. I think with anyone so let's, let's do it yeah like, but but I was so high in the Devils this like last summer. Like I said, they could be a team that makes the playoffs and people were like, nah, no way. They're not ready. Blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden they're Stanley cup contenders and I get it. They made some great moves and they're a fun team. Like, yes. You know, like I, I got to, you know, hang out with some of them in Nashville, Nico, Jack, uh, Fitz, Lindy. Like they were all at the bar together. Like they're, they're fun and they're going to be mm-hmm. a fun team to watch. Don't get me wrong. But now the pressure's up. So, you know, last year they're happy go lucky. They're playing with house money and, You know, no one's really getting up to to give their best game against the Devils, at least not until later in the year, once people realize it wasn't a fluke. But this year, the Devils are getting everyone's best game for 82 games. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that pressure is going to creep into the room a bit. And I'm not, and and they probably are. You know, if you if you look around the division, you can argue they're the best team on paper for sure, and they should have the highest expectations of all the teams in the division because they've made all the right moves, they've done everything the right way, and they have a great thing going for them. But to you know, I've compared it to the Rangers last year. Uh, you know, the Rangers got a lot of hype going into 2022-23 after a conference final run. That was way ahead of expectation. The Devils are getting a lot of hype going into 23-24 after getting to the second round and winning one game. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're the elite cup contender. It just, it doesn't really work that way mm-hmm. in what I've seen. Like, you know, Colorado took them years. They, yeah. they, they, battled. They, they got experience and they finally got over the hump. The Devils have missed the playoffs for like six years prior to last year. And, you know, they had a great first round. They had, you know, somewhat of a disappointing showing in the second round. And, you know, I think this year they might, I don't want to say that they might regress, but they might not meet the expectation that everyone's giving them. So I think Damn. they'll be good. I think they'll be good. And I think they'll compete for second or third in the division, but I don't think they'll win it. And I, and
0: right now I'm going to say they're going to finish third. Wow. But not by much. But not by much. That is – that's – bull. everyone is saying they're taking the next step and you're thinking yeah. they – I mean, you're not saying they're going to regress yeah. um, at least dramatically, but taking, yeah. taking somewhat of a step back from last year? It's not going to be like
1: – how do I word it? Um, like it, it's not going to be a step back necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a disappointment, I think. That's kind of the better way to put it. Like I don't think they're going to suck. They're going to be a good team. Yeah, obviously. You think the results might not be what everyone expects. Damn. Boys. Like I said last year, the Rangers were going to – I literally predicted that last year. That was probably my best take that the Rangers were going to lose in the first round. Just because of all the expectation around them, it gets into – it creeps into the room. It does. It, it's so hard mm-hmm. to ignore. And when things don't go right, we'll see what
0: the devils are made of. You're talking to a guy who covers the Leafs, man. I, like – Yeah, you get it more than anyone. It's very apparent. Um, yeah. I've seen it, seen it live. So, I guess, speaking of the Rangers – Let's let's talk about them. this is your team. This is like dive into here. You know, obviously, Blake Wheeler, one of the best value. uh, I think I'd say value signings the offseason. They managed to get, you know, Kako and uh, and and Lafreniere signed. Um, You know, Jonathan Quick is in town now. What do we think of the Rangers? Because this is a very uh, uh, very. This is an interesting team. They have they have so much high end talent. And yet, personally, I don't know how convinced I am.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I also would have said, you know, probably a couple weeks ago the Rangers will finish third in the division. Devils will finish second. Like that was my initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, it comes down to your circuit for me. Yeah. And this guy is going to win them. Uh, he, he's getting at least 30 wins, right? Like that's, that's kind of a lock I would say. Uh, and the Rangers power play when they're at their best can also win them 15 to 20 games. Like their power play is incredible. And if you look, at, I think, at the last two seasons, after Leon Dreisaitl, the two players with the most power play goals were Zibanejani Kreider. And the Rangers' power play was, you know, very efficient last year. Was it perfect? No. But they'll have the ability to once again thrive this year under LaVillette and the new coaching staff. And I think Peter LaVillette is a more fit voice for this group than Gerard Gallant was. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't have said that when they first hired him. But being around the team the last couple of days, it's clear that LaVillette's going to get this team to focus in a little bit more and dial in a little bit more. And the players seem to uh, be attracted to that, if, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, so just from everything I've gathered over the last two days – i truly feel that the rangers you know they'll have some moments of weakness for sure throughout the regular season but i think just the goaltending separates them from the devils and you know that's something that we'll talk about with the islanders coming up too but you say what you want about the cup champs i know darcy kemper and aiden hill you know they're not two of the greatest goalies in the nhl and their teams you know played phenomenally in front of them and you don't maybe need the best goalie anymore when the stanley cup but you need a great goalie in the regular season that's what gets you there in the first place so I think Igor Shcherbina can bring this team to second in the Metropolitan Division. I don't think
0: they'll win it, but I'm saying the Rangers come second. That's bold. Um, I want to get into that coaching a little bit uh, mm-hmm. that you're talking about because I've always it, it, it seems like it seems like Laviolette and, and Gallant, at least from an outsider perspective. Obviously, I, I've never covered a team that is coached by either of them, um, but it just it does seem as if both of them are remarkably similar coaches. In that sense and I want to I want to ask first what you think went wrong uh with with gallant last year and then I guess the two part the the other prong of that would be what do you think is different um that, that Laviolettes bring because you said you know they respond to I think Laviolette's voice what makes his voice different well you think they're similar and their I country? think so. they're they're both well I mean n- maybe not even from like a X's and O's but I mean just from like mm-hmm. they're veteran guys they don't seem to like playing young players very very much um they're they're you know they're both hard at you know, mm-hmm. they like they both have sort of the the, the uh, reputation of guys who are going to pull a Bruce Boudreau, you know, on twenty four seven and drop like thirty f bombs in a thirty second uh, uh, speech. I just it, it does it seems like they 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 moved off of one you know sort of hard nosed veteran, uh, uh, you know, like sort of like ball buster kind of guy and went to another one. What like what do you what do you think Go went on. wrong? I guess with with Go on?
1: Not not to disagree, but like okay, no, you can absolutely disagree. Okay, so to completely disagree, okay, is not here we go. At, he's not the old school hardo coach. I, I really? Think. Yeah, he's more of like the laid back, like, won't really find a reason to motivate the guys. Like, if anything, he'll go in there and fire them up. Like, I, I think he did it like four or five times in his two year stint with the Rangers. Um, you know, he's kind of hands off, let the players figure it out themselves, but he's also like that voice of reason. And, you know, talking to some players the last couple of days, like, Galant would walk around the ring smiley, like, you know, a, a pretty happy guy to be around, which is good. And, and it's okay. what players would like to play for lobby. completely different. Like he's walking around the rink. He's serious. He is, you know, he's a cool guy too, though. I like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like he has some humor to him, but you know, his overall vibe is business. It's, it's all business all the time. And I'm not saying Gallant wasn't all business, but like there was no fear factor with, with lobby. the players, I don't want to say they're afraid of him, but there's definitely a little bit of fear there. Like um, intimidation in a way or a better word yeah. for sure. So, You know, I think this year, Laviolette's going to push the players more than Gallant ever did. Uh, And Gallant, instead of necessarily making any X and O adjustments, he would just switch up the lines and and see if that would work, kind of throw the wall and see what sticks. Laviolette, you know, obviously he hasn't coached the game for the Rangers yet, but it appears that he'll be able to make the in-game adjustments where if someone's having an off night, they can still be effective. Whereas Gallant, if someone was having an off night, they just got bumped down to the third or fourth line. So it doesn't really do much, you know. So um, lobby you know, Vinny, Vinny Trocek had the best quarter of the day. It's a no-b**** mentality, uh, you know. So I think, you know, there were games where Panarin and Lafreniere and a couple of little star players last year looked invisible and, you know, they'd still be out there when their shift was up. So, you know, I'm curious to see what lobby Let does when one of those guys doesn't have it in their game on a certain night to see how he reacts. But, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a completely different atmosphere
0: around the group. And a lot of that is because of Laviolette's all business style. How do we think this is going to impact the young players? Because the one thing I do know is that both of these both of these coaches have a reputation of opting for veteran sort of like for for veterans over young players. That that those are sort of like their safeguards. And we're really reaching a point where Kapo and Alex Lafreniere they need to sort of take that next step. You can't whiff on two back to back top two picks, right? So, um, do, like how do we think or you being around so. What, what's the temperature of that situation? I guess with both them, I would say Lafreniere maybe more than Kako, just because Lafreniere was that first overall pick, um, and and also sort of like, what do you think, uh, Labulets? Like, do you think there will be a change in how they're deployed, or a change in how you think they'll be motivated and, and to earn a spot? What what's the difference here?
1: Well, so Lavillette said not to read into the lines too much for day one, but he did say also that Lafreniere is going to start camp on the right side, which he did today. Okay, Lafreniere was on the first line with Zabaranjad and Kreider today to start camp. So, you know, obviously he says, don't read into it, but everyone's going to read into it. That's just how it goes. Uh, So to me, the understanding I'm getting is that Lafreniere will for sure have the opportunity for the taking where, you know, in previous years, he didn't really have that from the jump. You know, he was started on the third line and then would have to earn his way up. But from what it sounds like at the start of this year, he might have the opportunity right away. Kako was on the third line uh, with Gaudreau and Trocek to start today, but I imagine that will change. Um, you know, I, I see Kako in the top six uh, for sure, without a doubt, although Kako could play more of that, you know, defensive style. I think Kako is just a more well-rounded player than Lafreniere is, at least right now. Um, but I do think that LaViolette, you know, I know he, he's not known to play younger players, but also, you know— I don't think Lafreniere, Hito, Kako, like we've been calling them the kid line for years now, and they'll mm-hmm. probably always be the kid line. Yeah. But these are now guys who aren't on their entry level contracts anymore. All three of them, so they're on their second deals. They're not kids anymore necessarily. They can all buy a beer legally, um, you know. So I think Laviolette somewhat understands that, and it's a little bit different because they're not they're not young rookies that Laviolette has to play. These are guys that have been in the league now for four seasons. Um, so I do think he'll give them that opportunity, and if they don't run with it, it could get very ugly. But if they do, this team could be very scary. So, um, you know, I, I think to start the year, the opportunity will be theirs for the taking. And Laviolette obviously understands the narrative around the team that those two are very important. So I think not to please people because he's not in the business of people pleasing, yeah. but to, you know, at least try it out and give them the
0: chance. It seems like he's going to do that. Not too shabby. And I guess as I've asked you for any other team here, favorite offseason pickup? Uh, has to be. I
1: mean, it has to be Blake Wheeler, right? Like, yeah. how could it not be? Uh, but then again, like being around Jonathan Quick the last two days has been really cool to hear him talk about playing for the Rangers and you know, being a hometown kid is, is pretty special for him. So, and that's pretty cool too. But definitely gonna take some getting used to seeing
0: him in a Ranger uniform. Yeah, look, it we were both covering the cup final this year. It was, it took a lot of getting used to, to seeing him in a, in a yeah. Golden Jersey. Mm. So, the so the, the blue and white here, I mean, that's that's completely different. Um, it's even more jarring. All right. Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, no longer does it seem like this team is one of the biggest dumpster fires, at least off the ice um, in the NHL. They they seem to have some stability. Dan Breer there. They're actually rebuilding. Like they're, they're committing to it. They're not Chuck Fletcher, sort of half pregnant. Uh, uh, you know, we suck, but we are trying to be good. Um, so let's talk about them. You know, they obviously they didn't add a ton of huge guys. I mean, obviously, you know, Garnet Hathaway. They traded away Provorov. You know, so again, Sean Walker. Uh, in there Cal Peterson who was unplayable last year um, but they got him in, in a cap dump trying to maybe you know sort of re, uh, re-energize him a bit there and then obviously uh, you know they have all the young guys uh, Mitch Cobb is in, is in the system we don't know what's go- what's going to happen with Carter Hart um, and but the one thing I will say is it seems as if a lot of guys are healthy Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson in, partic- Atkinson in particular what do we think of Philly
1: I mean, I don't know if you saw the funny quote today from Cam York about uh, John Torrell. Oh, John Torrell apparently has like one of the toughest conditioning tests in all. stuff. Oh and I believe Cam York said, "I'm gonna." F- I don't know what he does with the rope, but Cam York said, "I'm gonna find the rope and burn it or something like that." I don't know what uh, the rope. Yeah, let me let me try to find it actually. Does he beat them with a rope? <laughs> no, I don't I don't know what it necessarily is, but. Uh, it just says, like, so BR Open Ice posted it. It says, Cam York is not a fan of
0: John Tortorella's conditioning test. And the quote is, I'm going to find his rope and burn it. That, um, I mean, there must be some some sort of thing. Maybe they have to climb it, like, old school gym class style. I don't know. Um, but, no. it's, I mean, he meant it in, like, a funny way. Uh, yeah, but, like, absolutely. Tortorella, I guess,
1: also said, like, look at Cam York. He was a horror show today in skating, but he finished. That's what it's all about. That is, that's amazing yeah but back to your point uh you know philly won't be too too much of an exciting team to watch this year but with john tortorella everything's always exciting so um you know i imagine there will be some buzz for them at, at some points of the year but they're going to finish eighth for sure like there's there's no doubt in my mind they don't finish last um in the metropolitan division but like you know like you said i think travis connect always a fun guy to watch and he's a guy that uh john tortorella certainly loves coaching because connecting is his kind of player um but the biggest question mark for them is carter hart right like this kid yeah was a stud, I believe, back in nineteen twenty when the Flyers were very competitive. Right before the bubble happened, the Flyers were like talked about to to win the cup. And then in the bubble, he he was a yeah. legend. And then everything just went to sh-. so, um, you know, Carter Hart's going to be a big narrative this season. And um, yeah, I think the Flyers will finish eighth, and and that's really it. There's not much excitement around them, I feel like. But it's cool to see Danny Briere and uh, Keith Jones, you know, taking over there. And you know, I think give it some time, trust the process in Philly as they love to do and uh things will be good in, in you know maybe three to five years
0: i don't know man it's a new era of orange yeah come on like like we we can't discount look uh, some people have given them given their new jerseys a bit of a tough tough uh wrap i love them i love like them yeah, I, me love too. Them. yeah. Me too. I think they're great i love you gotta get more orange in there it's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah but they're gonna look they're gonna suck we all know that um pittsburgh though their their pennsylvania counterpart i guess probably the most entertaining uh, team of the offseason not just by getting Kyle Dubas but all the players he brought in Ryan Graves obviously Eric Carlson Noah Chari uh uh resigning Jari uh, uh you know just just a ton, you know a, a ton of talent coming through um so Pitts, uh pittsburgh look we've already we basically already listed the fact that we already know the top 3 of the teams in the division are going to be we've already said that it's, it's going to you know Carolina, New York, and New Jersey are all going to sort of form some some combination of that, um, which leaves Pittsburgh, a team that absolutely desperately needs to make one last push, considering all of their best players are like three hundred years old. Um, that that leaves them as a wild card team. Well, I
1: also think Pittsburgh can finish anywhere two through four. I have
0: them at four. I had them at five like
1: two weeks ago. And kind at of five, eh? Yeah. Wow. The more I think about it, though, Pittsburgh's in the playoffs for me. They are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's going to be four and four from the Metro and the Atlantic division. I, I think that's just how it's going to play out. But Pittsburgh, I have getting in and they were what, one point back last year. Like it's yeah. not like so far off. Um, you know, Chris, Christian Jari is probably their biggest question mark as well. But, you know, I think they did a good job of rounding out their bottom six this off season. Uh, you know, I think they're a pretty deep team or deeper than they've been in the past couple of years. And obviously, you know, Sid's still at the top of his game, even though he's, what 35 36 years old um you know i think he can easily put up 90 plus points maybe even 100 this year mm-hmm. and when you bring in eric carlson it's obviously going to make the group a little bit better uh that power play should be insane yeah and uh yeah i, I think the penguins are for sure a playoff
0: team i'll, I'll put them at number four and loki addition riley smith for a third rounder. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like like winner oh, yeah so what were you gonna say i cut you off no, no, that was that was a great move.
1: That was probably their their biggest, or uh, yeah, obviously Carlson, but one of their bigger
0: moves this summer for sure. Yeah, I mean, taking advantage like the good teams take advantage of other teams in a cap crunch. Mm-hmm. Vegas need to keep some guys together. Man, I I, I love that deal. Um, do we, so you do you think at least that this team has Stanley Cup ceiling? Well, it's funny because I actually
1: predicted them to win the Stanley Cup last year. Uh, I had really. really- yeah, I had the Blues versus the Penguins as my cup final last year. So Yo, that went that. to shit. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, of course, I, I think it's, you know, you can never count the Penguins out for yeah. uh, for making a trip there. And and they haven't – I don't think they've won a first-round series since, like, 20, 2018 maybe. Something like that. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're due for one here. And, you know, you can't bet against it, I feel like. So, yeah, I could see them making one more run. They got one more in them for sure, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, the
0: Penguins have one more in them. Absolutely. All right. The Islanders, a team that basically like aside from re-signing a bunch of dudes, basically uh, like basically stood pat. Like yeah. they they gave they they signed four extensions at the same time, like one day before all the all all the broadcasts of free agency closed. Two of them were great. I think Scott Mayfield and and uh, and, and what's his name? Fringin the goalie Samson. No, not Samson. Mm-hmm. Sarul- uh-huh. There we go. Sarul- no. Yeah, and then the other two, Varlamov and Pierre Engvall for seven years, were just mind-boggling to me. What do we think of the Islanders, dude? You're also forgetting the goat. They brought in Julian Gauthier. That's true.
1: Yeah. How pickup. could I forget? Yeah, it's a huge pickup. Uh, the Islanders, to me, you know, like you said, they're the one team in this division that stayed the same, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just, that's, that's just obvious. Uh, you know, they made the playoffs last year. They played Carolina pretty well. Um, honestly, I thought it was it was a pretty fun series. But their issues are their power play and scoring goals. Um, you know, Matt Barzal is one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL. I think he's such an incredible skater and his vision and just everything about his game I love. Can he shoot more? One thousand percent. And I think that's going to be a huge stress for him this season is to shoot the puck. But, you know, I just don't think the Islanders have the goal scoring to get them back to the playoffs. And can say what you want about him, how good he is. He, he, You know, any given day could be the best goalie in the NHL. You know, I think that could be an argument. Uh, you know, I, I still biasly put him behind Igor Sturkin and Andre Vasilevsky, but, um, you know, there it clearly is an argument to be made about it, but I think the Islanders finished fifth. I just think they don't have the consistent goal scoring and, you know, I think it's time for them to make some moves. They've to have stayed the same, you know, obviously bringing in Bo that was a big move last year, but, uh, their core has been there now for what feels like eight years. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I think it's time for them to make some changes, and this year
0: will be telling for them that, that they have to do so. A sneaky, uh, I would like a sneaky thing that that happened here. I would say the most, the most surprising revelation of the offseason for me was when I was doing, uh, like I, w- I was doing a similar sort of like like preview article, hockey uh, mm-hmm. news, and I learned that Kyle um, or Zach Parise scored twenty goals.
1: Last yeah, year. yeah.
0: Like and like they didn't the, bring it back. <laughs> And so not only is this team basically running it back, they're missing a 20 goal score. A guy mm-hmm. who they love. So I'm I'm really down on the Islanders. I mean, like it, it just seemed this team just doesn't have they just don't have that dog in them, you know? Like they just don't have like we talked about Carolina lacking the the nuclear weapon, you know, like they they, they definitely this team is is not even close to being in the nuclear arms race. I mean, Matt Barzal's great, but like he's more of a playmaker and Bo Horvat dipped like like fell off a cliff when he got there Mm -hmm. and aside from that what else do you have
1: yeah no i mean brock brock nelson you know obviously solid goal scorer noah dobson i think could could have a really high ceiling um but then again adam pellick is also you know a pretty strong defender yeah but yeah they they just don't have that that swagger to them that's really what they're missing they don't have any swag you know so they finishing what fifth you think
0: yeah yeah all right, moving on. Uh, finally, to the Washington Capitals. Um, the Capitals came through Toronto last year. I think it was like January. Uh, like barely anyone was there because everyone was on, you know, everyone was on vacation or doing something for the new year. Um, John Carlson was hurt, and I looked at this roster and I thought this is probably the most mid roster I've ever seen. Like other than obviously Alex Ovechkin and like of Kuznetsov but like everyone else on this roster this is a this is at best a first a first round like five game sort of bounce type of team and to be, to their credit they recognize that they sold and they were able to add a couple interesting pieces uh, uh in the offseason here you know obviously uh, uh Joel Edmondson, they you know Raspa Sandin still involved uh there you know Anthony Mantha is hoping to, to to bounce back. They re-signed Tom Wilson, but it just it doesn't seem like they like we talked about that swagger. It really doesn't seem like this team's got that swagger. Well, so similar to the
1: Islander conversation, to me this is a team that essentially stayed the same as well. You know, yeah. uh, last year they're missing Nicholas Backstrom for a large majority. Tom Wilson was hurt for a decent amount of time too, so that obviously killed them. But uh, yeah, I, I just. You know, they're another team that hasn't won a playoff series since the year they won the Stanley Cup 2018. So they're going on five years now without a first round win. Uh, And, you know, I I think their time has somewhat come Um, Mm. right now. It's you know, and listen, they have they have talented players like, you know, I'm a big T.J. Oshie guy and Tom Wilson's a guy who I'd love to play for the Rangers. But, uh, you know, right now, for whatever reason, I just don't think they have the ability to sustain success. You know, for a full 82 game season, um, you know, Darcy Kempers solid, but he's not, you know, the guy that's going to steal you, steal you games. Uh, so I, I think, you know, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I, you know, probably two months ago said the Capitals could come back and have a bounce mm-hmm. back in the playoffs. But I think they finished seventh behind Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Which is like a huge insult, but
0: behind Columbus.
1: Yeah. A huge insult. But um, I don't know, man. I'm Washington just isn't doing it for me.
0: God damn. I mean, you're right, I would say. I mean, the only thing, like, they got Spencer Carberry, who was a phenomenal, he was a phenomenal assistant in Toronto. Um, there's, there's no, really, like, young talent. There really isn't. Like, Ale- Alexei Alexiev, um, uh, Connor McMichael, and Hendricks Lapinier, or Perrier, whatever. Hopefully, they can make a step, but other than that, like, there's not much. Mm-hmm. Look, we got to get Alex Ovechkin the, the goal record. Yeah, which I think he will. That's a lock for sure. Oh, absolutely. But like, that's their cup. Yeah. Like that is if they if they do that, like no one no one gives a crap if they if if they're in the lottery. Like no one cares. They they've done that. I well, um, don't have
1: any speed up front. I feel like like there's yeah. no. I don't look at any of their skaters and be like, wow, that guy could fly. I mean, Kuznetsov's maybe the closest thing, uh, but uh, yeah, the, this Capitals team just doesn't really. I mean, obviously Obeshkin is always going to be scary, but as a whole. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's it's there anymore.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Um, all right, man. Before we before we head out, those are all the teams. Before we head out, I'm gonna get you to do your one through eight ranking, so we can have it locked in stone, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully it turns out better than uh, the Blues versus the Penguins did last tough. year.
1: So I believe it was Canes at one, Rangers yep. two, Devils three, Penguins four, Islanders five, Blue Jackets six, Capitals seven, Flyers eight.
0: Damn. All right. Mine is basically the same, mm-hmm. except I'm swapping. I'm going devils. I'm yeah. going devils one, canes two, uh, uh rangers three, pens four. Um on t- and then after that, after that's tough. Uh I think I'm going Columbus five. Islanders six. Columbus five. Wow. I think I'm going Columbus five. I think I think there's nothing like a nothing like firing a total. To bring a team together. Yeah, no, I I, I like that. I, I think I think that'll really help. So Columbus five. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think we'll finish we'll finish five. Um, and then we got uh Then after that, yeah, Islanders six, uh, Capitals seven, and then uh Flyers. Do you agree with me on the Caps? All
1: right, we're yes, I think to the
0: Caps that. are gonna be tough to watch this year. I think. Okay. Like, like especially because Ovechkin he. Just from an on-ice, like, sort of entertainment value, like, Oveshkin at this stage of his career is a very stationary player. Like, he sets up mm-hmm. in his office, and he's just unbeatable there. But other than that, like, he's not really back-checking too much. He's not throwing the bone-crushing hits he used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and totally fine. I love him. He, he's a big reason why I love hockey, um, as I'm sure he is with you. Yeah. Uh, but, like, at this stage of his career, he's not like, you know, decking Damri-Auger open ice during the, the Olympics. You know, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah i agree but anyway man thank you so much uh for joining this was great i'm 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 just glad to do your 20th uh metropolitan division preview and uh yeah we'll we'll get a graphic up for for your choices so everyone can roast you if if you're wrong um so you're welcome for that thank you and other than that and plug yourself man before you head out all you're doing a million different things make sure that people know what you're doing
1: i mean you can just find me on on twitter or x whatever you call it jay lazzy twitter come on yeah it's twitter i put all my there um you know so you can just follow me on that and you can catch up on everything i'm doing but mike i appreciate you having me on and uh i look forward to your coverage as well because your tweets always crack me up and the one that stands out was i think it was during the cup final love is love is an open bar and uh i couldn't be more true and uh you know i appreciate you having me on again and i'm sure we'll uh continue to cross paths this year can't wait man all right thanks a ton
0: and uh yeah see you later